You are now listening to the Talented 10th Podcast brought to you by Mosaic Management and Consulting. To learn more about Mosaic Management and Consulting, go to bshare.com slash get started. We're going to jump into the part four, the final part with my dad, as we round out our conversation discussing the move to Monticello and ultimately having Brian and I uh, and our relationship uh, with him. I appreciate you being on the journey. Uh, hope you enjoy the final part. And uh, if you have any feedback, please share it with me on Facebook, Instagram, any way you want to reach out. Once again, I appreciate you on this journey. Here's part four. What was it like because uh, you had, you you were about to start a family as well as, and not start a family, but Brian was... I guess mama would have been pregnant with Brian in around late 87. So the beginning of the school year for the 87 school year. And Brian's born on January 17th, 17, January 17th of 88. Right. How was that? Because you're, you're transitioning to a new place. You're having your first kid all these different things. I'm sure you still have relationships with, I know how important those guys were at Delta, which isn't but 20 minutes away anyway. Uh, how was that first couple of years, uh, given all that was going on? I, I tell you what, it, it, it was, uh, it, it, it was tough, but, but you know, it, um, what did it teach you? I guess is the question of you know, it. The thing that that we ended up doing is, you know, you had you had family situations. You were adjusting to a a new town, a new school, uh, different expectations, and uh, so it, it just kind of probably made you able to to multitask and do different things and and be able to kind of give your attention to different things and mm -hmm. uh so it's just kind of it's just kind of a process of, of growing up and um and and being able to uh to deal with with the many facets of of life to be honest with you okay and I, in our last kind of the last piece of this i guess on the last piece You get through the first year, and, and and Brian's born, and then just just shy of two years later, I'm born, and in on the fourth in 1990. So we're just just a few weeks short of two years apart from each other. What was that? What was that like having Brian? And then what was the young adult, younger parenthood like? And I tell you what, it's. Uh it changes everything because, uh, you know, prior to having uh, kids, you know, it's just kind of, um, I don't know, you, you don't have to worry about a lot, uh, you know, but with kids it changes your perspective because now you have, uh, you know, you have someone that's dependent 
that's totally dependent on you making a way. And, uh, and you know, it's, it's one thing if, and this is kind of like we talk about athletics so much, but it, this is one of the things like uh, team type situation. If you're playing golf and you have a bad day, well, you had a bad day, but it's only on you. Right. But if you're on a, 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 a basketball or football team or this way and you have a bad day, it affects everybody. Right. And so now that's, that's kind of what families like. When you, uh, if you fail, you failed everybody. Mm-hmm. And uh, so uh, it, it, it makes you uh, a little bit more cautious, a little, pay a little bit more attention to detail, and, and it just gives you a level of motivation that's, that's, that's so much different than before. How uh, going into parenthood, especially when you're talking about when you're cognizant, right? So it, it, it's obviously a challenge with newborns, and then I'm sure it's a challenge when you got a two-year-old and a newborn. And but once you get through that and you really know you're setting habits and examples and stuff, how did what we talked about in the beginning with how you – grew up, how did that play a part in kind of how important it was to get it right and to put the time in? Well, it gives you a, it gives you a frame of reference um, to how your family was growing up and, and some of the, and the things. Because, see, I never had, you know, I, I didn't have my father with me uh you know obviously uh you know daddy was there but you know, that's my great grandfather not my father my uh biological father and so when you have those kind of situations and you're at a ball game or something and when you're playing and you look up and and, and your daddy not in the stands mm-hmm. or you're at graduation and your dad is not at graduation right and 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 so what that ends up saying it tells told me is when my kids come along I, that can't be the case right and and so even when you don't have something sometimes you learn by I don't know, sometimes the things that people don't do, you learn from that as well as the things that are done for you. Mm -hmm. And so one of the things that I try to use as a model in being a parent is to make sure some of the deficiencies that uh, maybe my biological father wasn't there to provide, that he wasn't there to give for me, I should say, then I wanted to make sure that you guys weren't deficient in those areas. Right, right. Uh, and and that's why in, in the letter to you, uh, I, I made, that's why I believe so wholeheartedly. And, and I say it to my friends that have kids, especially those guys that have sons, I say, man, 
a son is always a reflection of what their father was or wasn't. Always. That's an inescapable fact in my mind. And, and, and that's why I said it to you, because I, I knew that was so important. Yeah. Um, you know? I mean, that's, you know, and I think that's, uh, when you hear people say, well, well, my dad wasn't in that well, and that's unfortunate. But you just got to make sure that uh, the way that you felt because your dad wasn't there or this and that, that you make sure that when you become a dad that you don't allow those same things to creep in with your kids. Right. Right. So... Tell me about Brian. Tell me about Brenda. Uh, what did, what was your early observances uh, in us before we get to AAU and all those other things? But what did you notice? What stayed true? What what changed? Well, uh, personalities were different. I mean, uh, you know, I think. Brian's probably a little bit more of that uh, uh, locked in. I, I look at myself, and I look at, you know, there are parts of me that's, that's regimented and, 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 and focused and, and such and such, and then there are parts of me that might be a little bit more creative or outside-of-the-box thinking and such and such. And I think both of you guys kind of got faster to that because, um, you know, I know he, 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 was, he was a bulldog in, 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 in approaching things and athletics and he being things like that. And, um, and, you know, you on the other hand, you were, were focused on what you were focused on, but you weren't, probably from an athletic standpoint, you weren't as – is is locked in to that particular pathway, mm-hmm. and uh, you know, but very you true. you were all uh, uh, in your own way. You were very much alike, but at the same time, somewhat different in the path that you chose. And that um, you know, so I think it's just important to identify uh, because we, I tell you what, with kids, you can. You, they can grow up in the same house, be, you know, raised basically the same way, but you know their individual personalities are gonna are gonna uh, you know live, and so you gotta have an environment where where that can be nurtured, and and that's kind of the way you want to do it. Yeah. So with Brian, I, I'll, these are my observations. Well, I guess my questions, I didn't really. I didn't really pay attention to Brian's personality really until he was probably seventh grade, seventh, eighth grade. It just didn't. It wasn't a wasn't a lack of concern. It just wasn't something that I really paid attention to. So up until that point, up until, you know, because Brian played uh, AAU basketball at the age of eight. 
but I was playing with action figures in the stands at that point. So what did you see in him in that first half of that at pre-college life? What, what did you see in him? I know he's a bulldog and all of that, but what, what were those, what's a deeper description of those characteristics or, or things he probably needed to work on? You're talking about just as much as you could work on it at that age, but you're talking about from a personality personality. personality. I, I, um, I, I don't know if any just 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 one particular thing. Uh, you know, we uh, you know we all obviously spent a lot of time, uh, you know, with sports, whether it was baseball or right. soccer or. Uh, mm-hmm. basketball or whatever and uh, you know it just I think um, uh, you know a lot of that allowed you guys to uh, develop socially and you know physically and, and things of that nature and um, you know I, I just think it was just kind of a normal uh, uh, normal growing up in that sense Mm-hmm. And uh, you know we tried to provide as many opportunities as we could in that stuff, and uh, and I, I and I I was happy with the way that turned out. Now with me, I was probably what about same question for me. I, I'm I kind of resist. Well, I won't answer it for you. What what was your? Well, uh, <laughs> it's like. Uh, See, he I, laughs when he gets I, to I me. I can remember the. <laughs> I, I always remember the, the summers we go up in. Because uh, I know y'all remember we would, we would take summers. You know, we'd have some, some stuff we do. Y'all do math. Y'all do, uh, reading and stuff like that. I sit down with y'all and that. And we then we do our, our basketball stuff and regimented we had, we people. Pretty much had a, had a regimented schedule. We had to write, uh, read, do math, and then we had a basketball workout. Yep. Every summer. And I know, <laughs> and it, it, it kind of got to where, uh, at a certain point, you know, you, you know, you, you didn't want. <laughs> you, you, that was that was that was a part of the workout or some sometime when you had just had enough <laughs> and you and you didn't want to keep going. You get part of yours in, and then that was and after that, man, it, it was like, hey, I I put mine in. I, I don't fool do no more. And yes, that is one hundred percent true. But please don't get it twisted. I had to finish, <laughs> so I can. <laughs> He's making it seem like once I was done, it was over. I was like, no, no, let's set the record straight. Oh, man. Yeah, <laughs> he man. made me finish. Hey, those doggone days, man, I'm telling you, now, that, those days would make you now. Because there was no air conditioning in the gym at that time. I no. mean, it was, it was a hot day. But that, I'm telling you, it, uh, it, it makes you whether it uh, – But it, I learned that, you know – when the people are putting in the work to help you be better, 
I mean, you may not like it. You may not understand it. You may want to stop. But you're going to finish. And when you get home, you're going to hate it. You're going to try and give daddy the silent treatment. But guess what? The next day, you're going to do it again. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, what it, what it pushes you in an athletic path for another path, yeah. it, it's always important to be able to know that you can push past the limits that you think that are set for you mm-hmm. and I and that and whether that's sports or business or anything else if you realize you can get a second win and you can push past something and get through it when when it's painful then man it uh, it, it, it makes you so, Brian, you know, does the AAU thing, has great success, uh, and, and we won't go into big detail because I, I plan on speaking to Brian individually uh, himself. But take me into – take me into that decision uh, for Brian to – play high school basketball as a ninth grader? I, you is know, that I, tough? No, not really, because, see, Arkansas <laughs> is one of those deals that um, it was one of the... It wasn't customary here. No, but, but what I knew, having paid attention to it, is that in a lot of states... High school is nine to twelve. Yep, and um, and I knew in higher classifications sometimes. Right, and I and I also knew, and I I tell kids this now: if you can handle it physically, and not be overpowered physically, it's better for you to play high school as a ninth grader than it is junior high because you playing against younger kids and dominating younger kids it's not going to make you any better yep. now you playing against older kids yeah you might not dominate you might not have the stats that you would have had as a junior high guy, but in the end you're going to have from junior high to high school the, trans, the first year is going to be transition the first part of it is going to be a transition year if you want to transition as a 10th grader and it takes you half of the year to transition, that only gives you two and a half years. If you're a ninth grader and you're transitioning, that gives you three and a half years mm-hmm. to get better against good competition. So it, uh, you know, to me it's, it, it's a no-brainer. If you, if you can physically handle it, that's what you do. And, yeah, and, and we, we talk about it. it's not really that unheard of in most places, but here – yeah. There was some, there was some p- community pushback, but you know you didn't let that bother you, no. Uh, no. and it made Brian tougher as well because I'm sure Brian knew it. He may have felt he had to perform, or he may have just went out there in a cool hand loop, you know. So he had a great ninth grade year. Had a great sophomore year was 
junior year was his best year, or stat-wise. But tell me what it was like coaching the two of us, and, and we were a good team uh, in 2005, 2006 year. What was, was that fun? Was that weird? Was that? No, I, I, no it, it, it was good to, uh, you know, have – have you guys together? I mean, it. Uh, I really enjoyed playing with. I really. It was. That was one of the best years of my life, and and we talked about earlier. You know, we talked about Kelvis and then kind of what I had gone through following in Bron's footsteps. Because I mean, he's. You know, he's a, all state player for, three years, you know or all-conference player for three years, all-state player for three years, I believe. Uh, but it was always easy to play with Bron because he never put pressure on me. And you and I get into it at practice or something, he's there. It was just a great leader, and that's why he's a great coach and will be a great coach moving forward. But what what was that like coaching? Because it was fun playing, but I never really asked you what it was like, or even if you absorbed it in that way. I don't well, know. Well, the, 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 that was a good uh, chemistry group, uh, mm-hmm. you know, and, uh, you know, it, it's, it's, it can be difficult for coaches' sons uh, to play I'll say it was a it was a whole lot tougher for my junior and senior year than it was my sophomore year, my first year. Well, well, it's it's difficult if there is not a a clear situation that the 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 son or sons are worthy of of playing time. Right. If it's if it's iffy, it can be difficult on the kids as a coach as well, but. I don't, for us, I, I don't think uh, I, I think it was pretty obvious. Uh, and anybody that uh, had a pushback on it had other a, motives. A dog it, in the fight. Yeah, it wasn't. Uh, it wasn't for legitimate reasons. You know, I, I can remember this one lady. She came. She met with me, and she had a son that. Uh, and and she said she was talking about she said oh I'm just I'm just concerned about I said I said don't I don't don't be concerned about I said I'll take care of that she said, don't, don't be concerned you know yeah I, I'm I'm just concerned I said, oh, yeah uh, sure I said I, don't worry about that I'll, I'll take care of that you don't have to be concerned that that was that was fun I mean I I, I still believe that that year in 5A uh, now Brian's ninth grade year was probably the best year for the conference because that was the year that three of the four semifinalists was from the 5A Southeast which was insane to me uh, and could have very well been the four semifinalists which I just that still to this day is and it wasn't fluke either, so that was just kind of crazy. So Brian played his ninth grade year in a conference that was just yeah, it was, uh, it was loaded. Loaded, but his senior year, my sophomore year, 
there was probably that was probably the most balanced state tournament that I've that I've watched ever. I mean, there was there was probably almost every team had a chance. Um, there was so many Division One players that played in the 5A that year. It was an insane amount of competition that we lost in the first round. But I mean, we could have very easily been a finalist, just like Marion could have been, just like Crossett could have been, just like. Mills, Jay Fair could have been Green County Tech won it the next year, who beat us in the first round. They were worthy, uh, but it ended up being Magnolia and Blavel in a very good finals game. Yeah, uh, I, I tell you what, I, that was a very good. Uh, yeah, it, it was. I, I, I still remember the, it was a the tough final one. little uh, the little scramble for the ball with I think CJ and or somebody. Uh, yeah. And then they they called a foul in the scramble for the ball. That's yeah. But yeah. we go from there, and I and I and I'll talk about this with Brian when when we have a discussion. But I'll never forget when Brian's coaching at Three Rivers now uh, in Popular Bluff, and I remember him having a a great game at Mills. When Coach Coach Bess had came down to watch him play, uh, and I don't know if that was the year. I think that was your junior year, actually, where you you like scored fifty. I think Mills was Brian scored fifty. Mills was maybe number one, and. Uh, he scored the last 30 points. I mean, it was <laughs> – God bless. But uh, Brian ends up going to to uh, Three Rivers to play. Ends up being a JUCO All-American there. What was that like? Because I remember the day we dropped him off. I think we dropped him off a few days before everybody else got back to campus. So he may have been – it was like one or two people – there and uh i don't know if i talked for the first hour on the drive back home because that was the first time we weren't in the same house and we dropped him off and i see this look in his eyes you know still the toughest guy i know i don't know if i've ever seen him shed a tear uh and we weren't the best of friends. I mean, we we did we were close, but we didn't we didn't hang out. And I remember dropping him off in, in his quad, and I looked. I was like, "Wow, <laughs> it's over." Uh, what was that like? First, just being proud to see him getting a, a shot at the next level, but seeing your your two boys interact, and I, for me, that's when. The love you knew was always there was cemented because you really were a little sad because you weren't going to be in the house together anymore. Well, I tell you what, it was a, uh, you know, it it, it was difficult because obviously we had, um, you know, the three of us had, you know, ten years, uh, well, yeah, uh, eight years. Yeah, and, and, and so once the you know the adjustment in the family and all that and. Um, 
you know, and then the three of us have just kind of been just kind of just in that even tightly, more tightly than before. And uh, so, yeah, I remember uh, dropping him off and, you know, and and then later on, uh, I remember the, when I dropped you off. You were driving too slow that day. Well, I, I, I can remember us uh, going to, where we go, Red Robin. Red Robin, yeah. Yeah, we went to Red Robin. And then he just dropped me off yeah, and man. left. Hey, man. Like, you didn't want to. You, didn't, you were a little sad. You just dropped me off. You didn't want to have to be sentimental. I, I get yeah, it. So, hey, we got to shoot. The house was empty then. I was an empty nest. Well, we'll finish it out with the last kind of question of how was it seeing Brian always wanted to play Division One? It was damn sure always good enough uh, seeing him fulfill his dreams I know he had some injuries he wanted to go to the professional level had to make that decision and then obviously you know I always was a academiac I loved it uh, how was it to to see us kind of get to where we said we want to be and kind of be where we said we wanted to be at least to this point as a as a dad how 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 is that or how was that watching and how is that now uh, it's, it's, it's fulfilling it's a point of pride you know because you the thing that you always know with your kids I mean you can go back to the very beginning <laughs> and mm-hmm. I mean I mean literally the very beginning from the uh, delivery room all the way through. And so you know all the bumps, the ups, the downs, the, the this and that. So, I mean, uh, and then with that being the case, you, whenever you, you can see all those things, there's a, a level of appreciation because, I mean, I, I mean you know the whole story. Yep. And you know the, how, how difficult you know the 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 trick has been so uh i mean you can't help but be proud of it yeah yeah because i remember when i got my looking over at my daddy still got my uh, acceptance letter to undergrad over here <laughs> and i remember getting it from the mail and uh Man, I always wanted to go to U of A, and, and some people may think I'm exaggerating, but there's more well-renowned academic schools that I could have probably got into. And I remember when I had got my ACT score, and then Daddy told me he wasn't going to ever let me go to UAM. Uh, I needed to leave, but I, he didn't want to tell me that. So I'm stressing. Uh, but I got I always wanted to go to U of A or Chapel Hill. Uh, but I wanted to go to U of A because of daddy. And when I got my acceptance letter and showed it to him, I was ecstatic. It was just me and him because Brian was gone. And uh, I never forget you were washing dishes and you – 
I could just I could just see how proud you were. And it was really kind of the moment where you're like, you know, obviously it wasn't the first time <laughs> Daddy was proud of me, but uh, in the same way that I've, I saw Daddy proud of Brian on the things that he wanted to accomplish up until that point, I had saw it in his eyes. And, uh, you know, I've always wanted to be a reflection of you. Uh, and that was kind of the first time that I was following your path, but also going to be able to to make mine my own. And, and so that was that's something I'll never forget. I'm visualizing it right here because I was sitting where I'm sitting. Uh right here right now so crazy how that happens man hey man full circle man yeah so you sat down for two hours we're gonna have to break this into parts but i appreciate you being so open about it and and i just want to reiterate again to people like there's a lot of my friends or fraternity members who have heard me tell some of the same stories through my voice and they hear it through your, yours and it's not the telephone game it's not a bunch of exaggerations by me that had to be corrected by you you know when you when you love your family and you have and you're proud of where they come from no matter how little that was in the beginning you vividly remember these stories because like when you trust your family and you love your family, those stories aren't just words. They're, they're, they're experiences that someone is trying to help you learn from so you don't have to experience them again or you see the value in them and can pass them along. And that's to me very important because you don't cheapen people's life, right? Right. You can't cheapen, don't cheapen your parents' life, your grandparents, uh, great-grandparents, and for me, great-great-grandparents. Um, you listen to them, you listen to the pain, not just the words, you listen to the pride, you listen to the struggles, you absorb it all. You take it all in. The body language of it all, the consistency of it, so you know how how real the experience was, and you just you use it every day, every day, and you value it. Well, that was uh, I guess the other day I was talking to my mom, and she we were talking about I don't know somehow we were talking about some of the. Rick, when we stayed on the farm on Saturday night or some nights, we would we would uh, uh, make popcorn, and, and and at that time, you know, it was the popcorn that you you put in the skillet and with grease and let it pop and get it out, and and then she had told me earlier how on Saturday night one of the rituals they had when 
when she was growing up is that they made homemade ice cream and they invited everybody would come over on Saturday night and they would have homemade ice cream. Mm -hmm. And that was kind of a, 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 a community situation there. And, that, and it's just those kind of stories that, you know, kind of bound families and friends and even in the hard times that they were in back then because they were poor, they didn't have much, but just that little camaraderie and those type of things that they could kind of rally around would at least kind of give them the fuel Monday morning to go back and fight the battle again. Yep, and I actually remember the first time Brian talked you into making homemade ice cream. It was like a turquoise bluish bucket with the hand crank. I don't know if you still got it in the storage room. Probably not, but no, it's, it's broke. But yeah, uh, sure I never forget that. But and you sit back and you're making, you're just anticipating there, just waiting and waiting for it to get ready. Well, um, we could do this all night, and we may do it again. Uh, the three of us. Uh, Brian's up next. Uh, he's a man of few words, so it probably won't be two hours. But, Daddy, I love you so, so much. Everybody who knows me knows knows that. I love my family so much. Um, it's cool to be able to sit down and talk with you as a friend now because we are friends we we talk about our robin hood accounts each day he ribs me when he's made more money than i have and uh just when you can get to the point with your family where each of you meets each other where they are uh brian and i didn't hang out much at all and now i look forward to him coming to fayetteville always He's got a bed now. Uh, it's when you mature and you get older and those relationships have matured over time. I was telling Nick and Soon, at this point, there's nobody I consider a, a good friend, best friend that I haven't known more than eight years or haven't uh, I've known at least eight years. And so we're getting to that, I'm getting to that point in my life where every relationship has so many layers to it. And there's probably no relationship that has more layers than I have with my parents and my brothers. So I love you. I'm glad you came on and uh, I appreciate you sharing. Appreciate you, man. There's more to come and I'll see you soon. This was one of my favorites with my dad. See you now.